Hi everyone, Richard here. Just a little introduction to the upcoming podcast. Felicity and I were asked to be guests on the Justice in Pieces podcast with a former Osgood student, lawyer, and teacher, JP or John Paul Rodriguez. And so what we've decided to do is play that episode in its entirety for our podcast and I think the only thing I need to add is or a couple things maybe one is it was recorded in March of this year so uh, there's some references to the pandemic being a year old more importantly this episode is an hour long which is a lot longer than our usual I was trying to figure out ways of editing or doing some post-production work on it, but it just became too complicated. So here you go. It's a it's a longish episode of What's Law Got to Do With It, where Felicity and I are actually the guests. Enjoy. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of our Justice and Pieces guest speaker series. And today we have two guests with us. And certainly, um, as I was mentioning yesterday, you know, always regaling my time at Osgood. So no, no better than get two people who are there with the pulse of how Osgood Hall Law School is going. They have a podcast that they're, that they're doing together. What's law got to do with it? So first, we have Professor Haig, and we have a three, 3L student, Felicity Radon. So thank you both for joining us here today. Thank you, JP. Do I, I guess I'll go first. Yeah, let's go. Let's uh, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into the practice of law, how you ended up teaching at Osgood and maybe the, the genesis of where you started with this podcast. Uh, I don't think it was when I was in school. I don't think we had really that many podcasts or uh, I think we were lucky if we got a recorded uh, lecture in 2006 through to 2009, but uh, you can tell us all about that. And then, and then Felicity can come in and say, how did she get involved? Sure. Thank you. Well, first of all, it's, it's good to be on this show. Uh, I, I, I went through law school and in my second year of law school realized that what I wanted to be was a professor. I really never thought about that doing my undergrad. I didn't think that I was going to be an academic. It never really entered my head. But as soon as I got to law school, uh, I started to think more about that. And so I, after graduating from law school, I did my master's and had then I practiced for just a few years, but was constantly on the lookout for a, uh, an, a university position. And uh, after practicing for three years in a firm in Toronto, I got my first job at Osgood. And I basically have been there ever since, although I took five years to teach in Australia and could have stayed there, but, but came back and have been at Osgood since and I my area mainly is constitutional law that's what I teach that and criminal law mainly public law subjects so uh how did I get how did I get the idea for the podcast you're absolutely right I don't even know if there was such a thing as a podcast in in 2007 I it'd be interesting to know when podcasting the 
the word first came up, but I did, I started listening to podcasts uh, and there weren't many, you know, three or four or five years ago. Uh, and I thought, I don't know how I got, I got the idea, but it just entered my head. Oh, I know why. Cause there were, there were a few law podcasts, but they're all pretty serious. And uh, you know, my job is serious. I write for a, a living as well as teach. And I didn't really want to listen to more of that same thing that I spend my time doing. So, I, and I thought there's a real market for just trying to talk a little bit about what it's like to be in law school. And if I had a student along for the ride, we would have something that nobody else does because we'd have two perspectives. And so I asked my class about three years ago, just in April, I said, by the way, I'd like to start a podcast in the fall. Is anybody interested? Can you help me out? I, I'd like, I don't know how, what I'm doing. And luckily Adam, LaChance, uh, who was in my class, although I didn't know it because <laughs> he never came to class. <laughs> He, he got a hold of me in the summer and he had he had all the technology and all the hardware and knew how to make a podcast so we started um, and then having done it for two years and he moved on to article uh, sadly had to say goodbye but I there was no other person in my mind to, from <laughs> to take over than Felicity so I asked her to and she's been with me almost a year now right? well coming up coming up on here so that's my long story, JP. Now, Felicity, I guess you could tell us what, what made you jump at the the opportunity there and then how the one year has been like in your third year. And no, a third year like no other, I think, at Osgood. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Richard, that was what we call in the biz uh, a good segue. Uh, <laughs> I'm really ending up there. Um, so, yeah, I'm a 3L student at Osgood. I was in Richard's public and constitutional class uh, in first year. Um, unfortunately, I was the annoying student who always asked questions and talked a lot. Um, but I ended up doing some, I was doing some research for Professor Haig in second year. Um, and so it was around this, the end of that term um, when Adam decided to take his leave. Uh, so I, I think Richard was just, you know, didn't want to have to meet a whole other student because I was already in his inbox every day for research purposes. Um, and then we found out actually shortly after we started doing the podcast together that we would be working together on a moot team as well. So <laughs> we have had a lot of joint projects in the last two or so years. We've had our fill of each other, shall we say. Yeah. <laughs> he cannot wait for me to graduate. <laughs> uh, that's not true. But anyway, so there, there you have it. That's our, that's the full history of both us and the podcast. So what, what uh, now you, you want to look at it in a, in a lighthearted manner, I guess, to, to kind of differentiate from, and certainly, obviously, especially in the last year, you've seen a lot more legal stuff come out there. But uh, tell us a bit about what you've done and, and the people you've had on and the stuff that you talk about in your podcast. So whichever of you wants to go first, and then maybe the other person right after. I'll, I'll start, Felicity, you can fill in. So, uh, you know, it's obvious that the easiest people to have as guests are students. For, for me, I've got, a, you know, I have enough students from Osgood who I can draw on. And, and Adam, when we first started, would ask some of his colleagues and I would ask some other students. And because obviously the perspective is, you know, what it's, what it's like to be in law school. Well, I, I, yeah, I want the student perspective. But I always thought all along that, first of all, I don't, didn't want it to be too Osgood-centric, and I constantly have to push back against that because 
you know, the students for them, that's all they know. Uh, and then I did also think, so, so sorry. I, so I wanted to get some students from other universities and we have had some from others, not as many maybe as, it would, as I'd like. But the other thing is then I started to branch out and think, well, hang on, there's, there's more, there's, there's things that other faculty members, other colleagues of mine can talk about that, that would help flesh out this podcast more. And then other students who I've had and taught, but have graduated and, and are out there practicing. And again, just some slightly different perspectives, but the general idea is, especially this really is pitched at first year law students and prospective law students. So who better to talk about that than students who are already here a little, but a little bit more experienced, like, you know, third years, like Felicity, more jaded as well. More jaded. <laughs> and there's my segue to, to Felicity now, because she's in the, in the last sure. month of law school. And what sure, I can, I can taste the finish line. Um, you're a real pro at that segue, Richard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the, the thing about law school that I guess that description misses is that there's, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of like rumors and horror stories and um, a lot of stuff like you just don't necessarily know until you're there and have gone through it. Um, so I think something law is generally really good at is people are very willing to mentor you. Um, but it's, I think just another avenue for that, another avenue for like cut through a little bit of that noise, give it's starting beginning students an idea of what it's actually like. Um, even though, of course, we do only have our own perspectives on that. Um, but I think it sometimes it's just helpful to have somebody like remind you that this isn't the end of the world um, and that there's sort of to guide you through the process because um, it can be a bit of a lot, I guess, um, just at the start. And I, just to add one other thing that I thought of as Felicity was talking is that I, I have a very good memory of my own time in law school, and I, whereas I think a lot of my colleagues have have kind of moved on and don't remember what it was like to be in law school, but I have a very strong memory of the things that happened. So that again, helps me kind of put myself in the shoes of the students. Uh, and I, yeah, I try to do that throughout. A, a friendlier version of lawstudents.ca, if you will, because <laughs> that, that's a minefield. <laughs> yeah, you, you missed it. I think there was something called Law Buzz. I don't think there, I think they had a bunch of legal trouble or something afterwards. But uh, when I was in law school, they had that, those, those were the two websites there. So uh, I guess law students is still alive and kicking there. But uh, uh, let's, let's go right to the pulse then, like what it's like in law school, because a lot of my students, um, like some of the students I had in, when I was in Osgood started doing uh, paralegal studies and then they decided they wanted to go further and go to law school. And some people listening certainly are thinking about it from undergrad. So let's start with the, obviously it's about, I think a year ago today is when the um, school shut down, I believe, or, or pretty close yeah. to it. Um, and if you didn't have toilet paper, you were panicking extensively to, to find something or, you know, you're going to Pusateri's and paying $50 for cleaning supplies. But uh, what is it like? And let's start with Felicity, get the student perspective. What is it like to go to Osgood or, or Zoom law school uh, over the last year? I mean, I guess part of your second semester and second year was there and then all of your third year. So can you tell us what, what you like, what you've not liked? Uh, what are some strategies to succeed? in the Zoom era on at law school? That's so many questions. Um, I don't like any of it. Um, it's, it's hard for me. I, I don't 
I don't, I'm not super well suited to the entirely remote environment. Um, I don't mind like working from home a couple of days a week, but I really do like being in person. I think some of my favorite parts of law school are the intangibles, like the conversations in the hallway um, and just how it's like a bubble in a, in a bad way sometimes, but sometimes that's really good. Um, and I think we miss a little bit of that. Uh, so that's, I guess what I miss. Um, I'm very thankful that that's my biggest problem. Um, I completely recognize that that's a, that's a happy place to be. Um, and I guess, so yeah, there's that. Um, in terms of what it's like, I guess like a day in the, a day in the life right now, I, I'm lucky to have the, the in-person experience to contrast it with. Um, so I guess normal day, a normal day in the life of a law student would be getting on the subway in the morning, spending the day in beautiful North York. Um, and then it's, you kind of get on the subway on the way home and, and get to at least turn off for an hour, but usually I would try to like make that the end of my day and really treat it like a work day. Um, I find that a lot harder to do now. Um, so I, I don't know, I get up in the morning, I have morning classes half the week, uh, and then I try to do sort of some like course summaries and schoolwork most of the rest of the day. But uh, I usually, I don't have quite the stamina that I used to, I find. Um, and I wonder how much of that is being online and how much of that is that it's my third year. <laughs> Um, so it could be a bit of both. Um, and then, yeah, I guess in terms of the, just to answer the last part, the last question there is the strategies to do well. I think everyone is obviously in a super different environment. Um, there's two things that I think are maybe good for, for most people. And one of them is to, to maintain something in your life that isn't like school or work, because I think it's just so easy for us to sit, we're in front of a computer all day, every day, and it's so exhausting. Um, so I think I, I have a dog. Um, and so we, we've been doing the, the grand tour of Toronto dog parks. Um, and we go, we spend a, like a couple hours a day outside, um, which is getting much nicer with the nicer weather. Um, so if it's not a dog, just, you know, something like working out every day, cooking, whatever it is, like something to, to not be doing school. Um, and then the other thing is to have multiple places in the house that I can work. Um, because which obviously isn't, even if it's just a matter of moving from the desk to the couch that is right beside the desk, um, I just find it breaks up the day in a way that's so weird that that is breaking up your day. Um, but I, I can only sit in one spot for so long. <laughs> Do you want me to answer the same question? Yeah, and I think that I look at it from the the other side uh, as a professor. Um, and I think I was telling you before, when, when I was at Osgood, they were just about to start the construction. I think uh, you know people had issues with windows in that. I think it was room two hundred one, um, and uh, I mean Facebook was just kind of getting popular. And another, you know, I think wanted to set, you know, set, shut down the Wi Fi so people could listen to the classes. So now you have a whole can of worms there. They're not even before you. So how do you deal with? I mean, I don't know if people are on camera still. Do you use breakout rooms? So what's it like to be a professor now on the other side there in, in, in the Zoom era? Yeah, I will start off answering exactly the same as Felicity, which is, you know, I, I love being with people. Uh, not all the time. I loved also being alone, but, <laughs> but having, you know, law schools are a really special place when they are alive and vibrant and full of people, far more so than any other kind of undergrad, maybe med school is the same, but, but you know, it, they're so different from the regular undergrad, I think. And I definitely miss that, even though, you know, I'm very fortunate as a professor at a university in law 
partly because, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think students even realize this, but my job is not just teaching. I only teach six hours a week and we work, you know, maybe a bit more than that, <laughs> one would hope. Uh, we're supposed to research and write. And so my research and writing hasn't really been affected at all, right? I'm at home and that's when I usually do it. It's, it's a little bit more of a challenge to, to get access to certain materials, but online, you know, these days there's so much online that you can do most of your research and thinking uh, at home. So the six hours a week, a week that I do teach, again, it's even more special to be uh, surrounded with other people. Um, and, and it's just, and Zoom is so second rate. It really is. I just don't like it. I mean, I'm thankful that we can do that. I don't know what would have happened if the pandemic had been 10 years ago even, right? What, you know, I don't know how we would have managed. I don't know if the year would have been a write-off, but so it's great that way. And as Felicity also said, it's, you know, we have to be thankful that, you know, some people have really, really suffered this year and, and I haven't as a professor, I'm, I'm very fortunate. So it's at the margins, but my life is different, but it's, and, yeah, it, it's okay, but I wish, I really can't wait to get back to the school. Even though, as Felicity mentioned, Osgood is not in downtown Toronto, which is where I live. <laughs> and it's a nightmare to get to, but I miss that nightmare now, I think. But I think the first day of law school, I, I, I maybe I should be more prepared, but I thought it was Osgood Hall, like where the courts are at uh, Osgood Station. You know, I'd lived in Toronto, so I should have probably done a little bit more research. But, you know, it turns out it was on the York campus. And then I struggled. I think I got to to, to stay at uh, Passy. I got a, which is like, what is called the Owl's Nest. Is that the the branding now? Or, uh, or the uh, OC as well. Osgood Chambers. Yes, the, uh, that's what it is, the OC because of... Uh, Ryan and Marissa there I think that was when when I was I uh, never heard it called that this is what that is some 2006 energy <laughs> oh Felicity you gotta get with the you gotta watch the OC that was the uh, you know the the show in the 2000 early 2000s that, uh, that was Dean Monaghan's great he wanted to call it the OC because he thought it was cool but <laughs> So yeah, I don't know what is it like. I don't I don't know if you live up on campus there, Felicity, but uh, maybe some of your classmates are. I'm obviously, uh, and I just mentioned to the two of you, um, one of the uh, students at Osgood was judging a, a mooning competition that uh, my students were participating in, and I saw a passy, and I said like it's the same furniture. It looks like right if I held up a picture, it would look exactly like it was in 2006. So. Uh, what's the experience like on campus if people are on campus, uh, even though classes are not, or are there any classes going on live? There was one in first semester, um, which was like a trial advocacy seminar. Um, and the professor, it was only about 10 people. The professor insisted on having it in person, um, but none right now, um, as far as I know. Um, and there are still a, a few people living in Passy. Uh, I think that that's, um, I guess for context, in case other people don't know, that's like the student residence that's right beside the law school um, and it's only law students. And um, yeah, there's a couple people still living there but they're not allowed to like go in the common areas. They're sort of like individual apartments which aren't exactly what you would expect of a kind of old res building apartments. Um, and I, I just have to imagine that it's a bit weird. Like North York is already kind of empty. Like there's not a lot of in walking distance at all. And then you're in this like empty campus in a half empty residence. You can't even go to the dorm like 
study area only 10 people are allowed in the library at a time and you have to have like an equity reason for needing to be there like that you don't have study space at home um so i i have gone to osgood one time this year to drop a, a library book that i got at this time last year into the little slot and that's the only way the only reason i've gone to osgood this year yeah and i've i've been i i obviously have an office there and i've been when when we when we bailed last a year ago as you mentioned jp i did not expect first of all that i would be still doing this in the winter of 2021 so all i've, I've had to go i've gone twice mainly to pick up stuff from my office books and they're related to the courses that i was teaching it's quite desolate though and i i do have some students i know who i've taught who are still living at passy and they it's very very depressing i have to say because again it's is really meant to be a place to live when when there's a lively, vibrant campus, and and there's not. So, actually, Felicity, there's there was only two. There was only ten students in the libraries from Osgood uh, when I was there because there was the we call them snails, students not actually in law school that took up all the space there. But uh, but I guess uh, you know they're definitely not getting in those one of those ten prime spots now. Um. So yeah, what are what are the classes like? I mean, in ter in terms of, you know, do you still have just like a, a lecture and and some questions, or how? Uh, I guess maybe we can start with you, Professor Haga. How have you found like that actual class engagement versus in person classes? And are you just you know, banking on them watching the recordings later? Are people coming on camera? I mean, what's what's it, like? Give us the give us the real goods. <laughs> I'll give you what I do. Well, and I you know I don't use all a lot of the features of zoom i'm i'm you know i'm getting to the end of my career and technology is not my friend but i had i had taught uh prior to well sorry outside of osgood's jd program they have a professional development center downtown toronto and they have been doing distance learning for years usually by video conference and i've taught grad and those it, it's a graduate program and i've taught in that program since about 2005 and for you know every year or every second year and for so for quite a while i would have taught courses in which i would have people live in front of me but then i'd have a cohort on screen on video so i got i i am used to teaching uh, by video. I've never taught entirely by where the entire class is on, in, in this case, on Zoom. So that was a change. But just being familiar with, you know, talking to a blank screen, it, I, I think for some, it's just taken a long time to get used to that, whereas I was already up to speed on that. I realized early on, the other th good thing was we, because last year in March, we suddenly had to move online. And that was really only what Felicity a month or so so there was a there was a short period where we had to finish everything off and and that you know in a way I could I played around with a little ideas in my mind of, think of what I could do because I knew then at that point that the fall would be all online and I decided to just for the fall course that I finished in December I realized early on again because I taught by zoom before people don't like three, two to three hour lectures on Zoom. It is very, very tiring and tedious. Felicity's got a thumbs down. Um, so I did what, and, and because I did this podcast, it actually helped me. So I, what I did is I, I 
I captured the entire criminal law course in about 70 podcasts of 15 minutes each. And I would play music at the beginning, got a little bit of a DJ vibe there. So I tried to, you know, I tried to give everybody little compartments of teaching as opposed to long three hours. And then, I, so that would be kind of, we call it asynchronous, that would be done pre-recorded. And then I would have a one hour session with the students live, basically for them to raise any questions that they, or clarifications or questions about the mini podcast they'd listen to. And so that's how I did it. And I, I think, you know, I got good, good enough reviews. I think that that made a lot of sense to me and the students, plus they can listen whenever they want, right? They're not forced to sit in on a certain time period. So I, I you know, that, that's my way of being creative. I certainly think that people, whoever is teaching has to do something a little different from just standing up in front of a room for an hour, right? You just cannot, you can't do that on Zoom. And then the, the other worry is that the cumulative effects, right? We've all heard about Zoom fatigue. So if you're teaching Thursday, you're not in the same boat as somebody teaching Monday because people are really getting tired. And I, I've just learned that this winter, I have a Thursday at 2.30 class till 2.30 till 5.30. And it's taken me eight weeks to realize, you know what? They're not really all that. They're just not switched on, especially and because they're third years. They're not really switched on on Thursday by two thirty. So, uh, all of that to say, we're here on Friday doing this. Okay, look at me go! I am a student of the year. I was going to say I have Fridays. I mean, today they have a, a test there, so it's not as. Uh, but uh, Friday six p.m. to ten p.m. I mean, I don't think uh, you know. I don't think it could get possibly anywhere. So I, I should be really nice to those students. I had I in first year I had a Friday morning class, uh, legal research and writing. I think that was like a, a tutorial, and. Um, Actually, uh, he, he was a guest on the show a year ago, uh, Professor Mohammed, and I was telling him, he was like, well, you, you, how could you make it to class? You were at the JCR, you know, Thursday nights, or we'd have stuff at Madison, I remember, downtown, but uh, it's a struggle. And I think probably you may get a little better attendance to, you know, turn on your computer, turn off the camera, you know, have uh, some Gatorade and, and, and relax there. Uh, uh, but I mean, I still imagine the Friday and the Thursday classes aren't, aren't the most popular. So Felicity, what is it like? I guess you probably have a, uh, a different experience there from Professor, Professor Higg having different instructors. What have you liked uh, in, in some of them? Have they done things differently or is it kind of similar to, uh, to what it would be like in class? Yeah, all of my props have actually taken like almost every class has been a, a wildly different approach. So I have the one where it's just someone who lectures on Zoom for two hours. Um, I had one that was uh, like pre entirely pre-recorded um, and they would be posted like at the class times, but they were, I think the thing that profs forget when they pre-record lectures is that when you're recording in person, you get stopped um, and you like kind of slow down when people are typing really fast. And so I found it would take me like four hours to get through one of those lectures because this is just a prof talking full speed for two hours. Um, so those were, I, I think the most brutal. Um, and I think one of my, my favorite forums so far um, has been, uh, I was actually surprised because it was a class where I was taught by practitioners. So not um, like they were both, it was a, a judge and a lawyer. Um, they weren't, they co-taught the class. Um, and so it wasn't a prop. So I was surprised because I thought the props would adapt. Um, well, Richard has adapted in a very creative way, but um, a lot of the props have done just the like lecturing to the camera. 
Um, but anyway, so these two profs, what they did was they would um, do like a 45 minute, our classes are usually four hours a week. So two hours on one day and two hours on another. And they would do on each day, um, like a 45 minute um, pre-recorded, like this is the concept. And then in the evening they would do, um, and they would post that a couple days early. So you had a few days to get through it. And then in the evening of like the actual class time schedule, um, they split it, it was normally two hours. So they split the class in half and they did just like a Zoom call with, it was about 15 people in each, 15 to 20 people in each half. And it was just like a, sometimes practice questions, sometimes just a Q and A about the material that had been covered in that. And it was trying to replicate like lecturing and having questions as you go. And I thought that was sort of the best combination of both synchronous and asynchronous that I've had so far. Um, but I also really, I like to participate. I don't, I learn really well by like asking questions and, and sort of working through the material that way. So I think some other students are better with like a fully asynchronous model. And I hate that because I'm just like, I, I really need to like engage with it. And I find when it's fully asynchronous, I don't engage with it until I'm studying for the exam. <laughs> JP, can we, can I ask what you do? So I, I mean, well, I have this, this is the perfect lead into the class. And then we kind of have a, uh, there's a program called Kahoot, which is like a, like, and if you've ever been to the movies, it's like, you know, you have four multiple choice questions. So usually I'll review the previous class. Uh, we'll play this game and, and then it'll that'll take some time. And then, uh, then I'll lecture for a bit. Then we'll have a discussion. Um, so there's always some different things. So there's no way, like I always tell my students, like, unless you have like someone like Dave Chappelle talking to you for four hours, there's no chance you're going to be paying attention at, at 930 at night uh, on a Friday night, uh, let alone uh, anytime in the evening. Um, so try to kind of have different things to mix it up. I find that the, the thing I maybe um, you might have this as well is because I don't see people, I don't hear people a lot of the times when I'm lecturing. Like, I mean, maybe I'm not funny yet to begin with, but like, there's none of that like response. Are they getting it? Or are they like, like, my, is it gone over? So you kind of have to, and we use Microsoft Teams. So there's like, the, the chat is usually like on fire with memes and stuff like that, that uh, uh, I got to keep you know, a second screen so I can keep up with that. But uh, I find they're a lot more engaged than when I was in class, right? Uh, which is surprising. I would have never expected it, but um because they can talk, like they can chat, right? Rather than in class, you didn't want to be that student to put up your hand and interrupt or the, the student, the worst ones were the ones that would just start talking. Um, and then, you know, the instructor loses the train of thought. So now I, now I see it from the other side when, when I was at Osgood being a student that when that happened, I think, oh, well, they could just stop and, and answer this question. But uh, now, uh, now seeing it, it's, it's a lot easier to type it and then I can see it and then I can weave that into um, the lecture um, rather than kind of, if, if it, especially if they go off track, then then it kind of stops sort of the momentum in its tracks there. But uh, I've liked it. Uh, I think the only thing I would like to see is to see the students. Uh, I think if they're on camera, so I, and I try to do like once a week to force them onto it. Um, I mean, you know, we're, we have class that usually three, three days a week or five days a week, uh, but two different instructors that to see each other once a week should be at least a minimum there. And then I find when we have that, it's like more of a special occasion and they're more engaged. So, um, and then we have, you know, mock trials and things like that as they come up that are like, uh, again, when you're practically learning, it's a lot better than just listening and then reading and um, doing, you know, your, your memos and, and uh, case briefs and stuff like that. 
I always say that I would like their cameras on because it is nice to see people, but I, and, but I, I do understand that some people just are not really able or it, it's a problem for some people. But it is, uh, it's, it's even more depressing when you're looking at just black screens of names, right? At least I tell them to put a profile picture at the, at the very least that I can see if, like, a, I mean, right. there's some students I've probably never met. Um, I'm, I mean, I suppose when you're in, in, in a large lecture hall, you probably don't know everyone's face and, and names there. Uh, I was just joking with Felicity before that. I'm like, I, I don't know if I ever had a class with Professor Hig. I hope I didn't because I probably wasn't the best student and he's not going to remember if I was or, <laughs> or anything like that. But, but, uh, but you still get that connection of seeing people. You can come up and, and ask a question on the break, right? I mean, some students would make a beeline to the cafeteria to pay like $7 for a sandwich, but others would use that time to ask that question they didn't want to ask during class that I think you don't really get as much on Zoom unless like you have a, a chat function that people are using. Um, or maybe it's just weird to kind of get that that segue. We were talking about segues before of how you can go in and ask that question uh, when there's a kind of that silent period if there's a break or after class, right? I mean, um, or when, the, when, does, when do you leave, right? I mean, do you stick around and are you the last person or do you have to end the meeting for everybody? Like, uh, I feel like there's a lot of these awkwardness and uh, of, of Zoom etiquette there. Of, you know, as long as people don't have cat filters, I suppose uh, we're, we're doing well. Um, but uh, there's so much things that you wouldn't have never thought uh, you'd have to prepare for a year ago. And I, I mean, certainly I didn't think this a year later we would still be learning and 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 changing things up. I mean, I thought two weeks later, we'd be back in, in class, but here we are. Yeah. I think the one thing that's definitely something I noticed is that like with the in instructor, I miss out on, but the one thing that's really nice about being a 3L and having done, like, I didn't have to do the recruit, the like job recruit in this environment. I didn't have to meet my law school friends in this environment. Like I had my section friends who were like, we already knew each other. I think it must be so hard for the first years this year who have like literally never been in a room with the people who first year is like defined by being constantly around the same 70 people, like in a high school kind of way. Yeah, you make friends for life in that, that period and it, it will be hard. I guess it will be delayed for them, but it still should happen, one hopes anyway. Um, but even like if they start in second year, then they won't have the section that they're with all the time, right? So it's like, I just don't think it'll be. It, yeah, it won't be the same. It won't be the same. I did want to, I wanted to pick up on one thing, if you don't mind, JP, one thing Felicity said earlier, just to kind of finish off this whole teaching thing. So I, I've been, I've, I have been asked to teach a course in this winter term that I wasn't really expecting to. And so I didn't really have time to prepare, but as luck would have it, as you mentioned earlier, uh, because uh, Dean Sawson, our former Dean Lauren Sawson at Osgood started requiring re lecture recordings so I asked the IT people to delve into my archives and they pulled up a lecture recordings from last year. And I've been posting those for this class that I'm teaching this year. And it turns out, and I, but I would listen to them in advance before I post them. And I realized, and I, <laughs> I said, without, I didn't want to blow my own horn, but I said to the students, you know, these are actually pretty good. And part of it is because as Felicity says, it's not me rambling or speed talking for 50 minutes. There's a break, somebody asks a question, I'll laugh at the, you know, some comment that I heard, which you kind of don't really hear, but then I respond to. So it's actually much more realistic than the Zoom stuff. 
Uh, and I think the students have liked that. So I might just have a whole series of canned lectures now for the future that I will use. And you know, you're going to have to get gonna complain like Richard is getting paid to teach. Us. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wait for that. Haig is done is the laziest instructor in the entire school. You get a live audience like the, or, or those, you know, on the sitcoms, right, with the claps and the, the, the laugh track going there uh, to, to really add value. Um, but I, I guess the, you mentioned the first year and I was thinking about well, when you mentioned that of my first year, I mean, even quite a lot of the people I brought on were from my section and, and first year because you make that connection. And, and 15 years later, you still have a lot of those connections because you literally have every class together every day for an entire year. Um, and, um, you know, whether you're in like the moot court or, or one of the bigger rooms there for the for that class. But um, and, and the first day of law school, I don't know if they they did it for your first year of Felicity. I remember this like the the um, Donahue versus Stevenson uh, boat race where you'd uh, chug a ginger beer or ginger ale, I think they would get. And then there'd be a gummy worm at the bottom of the cup that you had to eat and then flip the cup on your head. And then uh, it was done outside. Um, I don't know what the area was called, but the um, it was done outside. And then later at night, you know, for orientation, they would do it at the bar with real beer. But, uh, you know, I don't that was the unauthorized part of it. But you had a lot of those things in your first year that you got to meet people and and you're not getting that this year for the first year and I think that's going to be something interesting for them um, when they do come to campus I mean hopefully uh, fall of this year um, and try to mingle with whatever your upper year classes are because you're going to have different people in every class right I mean um, have you had any contact with anyone else about how getting to know other one else has been and I mean we used to do Facebook groups in 2006 but I mean I'm sure there's things like uh, WhatsApp and and Instagram and and uh, Snapchat and, and whatever right that uh, that they could be using to TikTok uh, certainly uh, to connect with one another but uh, have you heard anything about that from the one else? The um, so I didn't do like the orientation week I know we we had it about like half or mostly online uh, events, but a couple things, like they went to Toronto Island, they did like a patio, because that was when Toronto was still quite a bit more open. Um, but as far as I know, the, the Osgood itself has tried to do a couple things. Um, and there's some pretty hilarious, like some, some outtakes, I would call them. Um, so one of them was that Osgood was like, um, we're going to make like a Zoom study room. Because like sometimes my friends do this, we're like, we'll just put Zoom on and like, we'll all be on there on mute and like just study together because it gives us accountability. But like, I don't want to do that with like a bunch of random people from Osgood that I don't actually know. And Osgood had this thing and there were like rules, like you couldn't talk. So it was literally like, just sign on to this Zoom call full of random people you don't know. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, no. And so they have tried, they have evolved from that, thank goodness. Um, the other day Osgood sent us an email and I, I swear the first and really only thing was instructions for how to bake a potato. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, this is not what I need from Osgood right now. <laughs> like, what is happening? Said, and why? <laughs> like, if I'm 27 years old and don't know how to bake a potato, I got some problems. And like of all of the things I need from Osgood, it's not this. But anyway, that was another outtake. And then one that they've landed on that I think is actually quite good is that um, L&L, which is like a student, like 
you were the president, but for anyone else, the like student council, I guess, of Osgood, um, they have started to do this thing where like on a certain day of the week on their Instagram, they'll, they'll put like a specific branding on their photos and it'll give you like an instruction of what to do. So like share a picture of your cat and then they like share all the pets on their stories. And so it's trying to like do some element of like a community without you having to like be on a Zoom with a bunch of people you don't know. Um, so I guess there's like, that's a pretty hilarious list of outtakes, but that's like the gambit of what we've been dealing with. So, uh, I have to say that's an embarrassment. <laughs> that's my okay, no? Oh my God. <laughs> uh. What about on the faculty side, right? I mean, there used to be like the faculty meetings because I, I like, as, as Felicity mentioned, I was president of legal and lit. So we got to sit on some of those committees and things like that. But yeah. uh, how, how does that translate over to, to Zoom and, and, and interacting with your other facts. I mean, you would have an office, you could go and talk to another faculty member about, you know, how did, how did your class go or how, how do you find this particular student or, or anything that was going on, right? I mean, we used to have a, we, we had a basketball game at, at Air Canada's or what is it now, Scotiabank Arena. I don't know if you played, but uh, uh, that was the, you know, the only, the, you know, the biggest accomplishment I had at Osgood was organizing that event uh, against UFT. Uh, and then the faculty got to play, which was, which was a treat. Uh, but I, I think I think the Osgood faculty won, but the UFT students won the first year. And, and I was always upset about that because like, yeah. we put on all of this, you know, we raised all this money for the lawyers, feed the hungry. And then UFT came in, uh, <laughs> didn't, they didn't, you know, they didn't participate as much. And then they won the game. And I was always begrudging them for that. But the, I do remember the faculty played and was entertaining on, on, on the Scotiabank Arena court there. But uh, um, what have you found with, with, uh, with your other faculty members in terms of interactions with them? So we have, you know, all of the committees or the, faculty council is just, it's Zoom. So that's, you know, there's no, uh, there's no face-to-face for that. So it's just more Zoom, I guess, uh, which hasn't really, yeah, we have to continue to govern the law school. So you have to do something and, and that's been the way to do it. I, I, I have been, my, my way to sort of stay in touch with some faculty who I'm friends with, you know, more, more so than just colleagues, is we'll meet and have a coffee and walk around outside for an hour, which I did probably until December. And then we did not do it all in January, but I started back up in February when the weather was okay. It's not very pleasant to walk around with a coffee in in February, (laughs) but but again, I really miss that. So I, it was, if I didn't do that, I would just kind of on the, emails or phones it would not be very great so I try to keep up my appearances with faculty friends let's say other faculty you know you're right though JP there'd be a lot more interaction with people I wouldn't socialize with necessarily but they'd just be there in their offices and you'd go visit them especially if you had a if I often would just have a question right about an area of law that I didn't know I just I could walk down the hall and ask somebody now you got to write an email and you got to explain why you need them to help you out and you're asking for a favor and you know it's just not it's a little more difficult but uh i think once the weather improves and we can sit back out well or sit back inside even or outside at a at a patio it'll be a bit better but it's been it's been hard yeah i guess you know i wonder again that the the long-term consequences of this is I wonder if some faculty have kind of drifted apart a little bit. And, yeah. 
And I, I did see the legal and lit Instagram there. I think they have one person that makes cocktails uh, once a week there too. And, and I think it's very creative. We didn't certainly have social media to the same extent when, when I was uh, there in president, but we'd have obviously the ability of having, you know, sending every club would get some money and they would usually get some creative food. People would walk in through one door, take the food and, and, and hopefully you get them to sit down and listen to the speaker or whatever thing they were organizing, but uh, uh, lots of, lots of fun and things like that. But uh, I guess that the other thing is, uh, is, is mental health and, and wellness in, in terms of now you losing a lot of that connection and just how has that been done at Osgood? I guess either from there's maybe maybe Richard, you can look at it from the the school's perspective, administration perspective, for what you know, and then Felicity, what from what you've seen as a student. Um, so let's let's start with Felicity. Sure. Um, I guess not to be. I mean, I don't want to rag on Osgood too much, uh, but I do feel. I think everyone, like regardless of being law students, I think everyone in the world right now is like struggling with their mental health more than they would ordinarily be, um, and I think that's like harder for some people than others. Um, Law school is already a stressful place to begin with um, for so many reasons. And then I think on top of that, there's just like the pandemic has just exacerbated, exacerbated that for a lot of people. Um, there was, Osgood students did like a survey last semester um, of like all the things they were struggling with. And like every single person who answered the survey was like, my mental health is bad. <laughs> um, and so Osgood was like, okay, we should do something. Um, and I, to their credit, they have like made quite a bit of an effort in second semester. Um, but I think there's like still some, I mean, not that they can necessarily wave a wand and do this overnight, but things like tuition are like really stressful for people right now. And like, those are things that are systemic and hard to change. And so it's hard for them to do anything about the things that were, that our mental health is struggling with. Um, so I guess like tuition is a big thing. And that like Osgood has tried to make available more counselors, which is great. Um, they're not always like super available. There's not a lot of them and there's quite a lot of Osgood students. Um, there's also peer counseling, which is like student run initiatives, trying to improve those things as well. I think like those connectivity events are like an indirect effort um, to try and improve people's mental health. Um, and the one big thing that I think Osgood did a super good job of after that survey was like, it seems to me at least from the, from the student side, they have like really leaned on their profs to be more attentive to that um, because, and maybe it was just adjusting to being online, but first semester, it was a lot harder to keep up with the workload. Like I think profs just hadn't adjusted quite all the way to like the fact that we can just do less now than we could before. Um, and this semester, I find my profs are being a little more gentle with us. Um, and I think that that has been at direct urging of the administration. Um, so to the extent that of things they can actually do, I think they're doing what they can. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, would help, but is maybe a pipe dream. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say, I think that we, uh, universally, it probably as a, as faculty didn't realize that you, you really cannot learn the same amount. You can't push students the same way that you, can in person. So I think it's between 50% and 75% you have, uh, of what you could normally teach. You just have to back off. And I think Felicity's right. It took us a while to learn that. But uh, I think this winter semester has been better than the fall that way. I have to say, I don't, you know, I don't do it, it institutionally. I'm like, it's just not my role. I'm a, I'm a professor and I teach and I write, but I have, 
my what I've said to myself is the only thing I can do is on an individual basis, uh, especially students who I know who have already taught who are in their upper years and are struggling. Uh, and I've done a similar thing to what I just mentioned with my colleagues that I actually arranged to meet them and have a coffee and we walk outside and, you know, students, again, I, I don't know if it's because of the podcast or because I'm, I am typically a little more open than a lot of profs, but students do confide in me and I, but I'm not a therapist. So I kind of just, we walk around and I just try to, you know, help them cope, but without knowing what I'm doing, but I think just being there sometimes is useful and, and, you know, comforting them, making sure that they realize that they will, this will pass and they'll get through it. And my one advice, I think is kind of along the lines of what Felicity mentioned much earlier is my one advice is you have to separate what is your idea of school and Zoom and being on a computer from other parts of your life that you need to protect and not being on the computer 12 hours a day is, you know, or, or taking a break from that uh, is important. And I've tried, my, my one piece of advice in all of these has been, why don't you just treat Osgood like nine to five, Monday to Friday and try not to do more than that. You don't need to do more of that. You never did it. People could manage in the past with a nine to five, you know, treat it like a job. So, and try and do everything away from that in those other off hours. Or easier said than done, I think, but I, I, that's been my best piece of advice, I guess. Now, one of the things I think that, you know, Felicity mentioned she wasn't, I mean, being in third year wasn't really uh, taking part in it, but the OCIs and, and I guess for the third years, maybe getting articling jobs and doing it in a remote environment. But I think uh, the decisions were coming out in the last week or so. And certainly looking back, I remember that being a big time where uh, everyone was on, on you know, nervous and anxious and everyone was finding out, you know, where are you working? And I think, uh, you know, there's always been that push to um, people don't realize it because, you know, you see all these big firms on your first day of school and, and you know, some of the rooms are, are plastered with their you know, sponsorships. And, and that seems to be still, I don't know if it's still, uh, but it's top of mind that, Hey, you know, you got to go to Osler or you got to go to BLG or, or wherever. Um, but uh, what, if, what has that been? I, I know there's even been things with some people posting, Hey, I got a job and then others kind of getting upset about it. And, and I mean, we didn't have things like LinkedIn um, 10 years ago, but it would be kind of gossip around, you know, you tell one person in, in, in one classroom. And by the time you went to uh the cafeteria, you know, like everyone knew you did or you didn't or whatever. So what has that been like in the last while there? And, and, and maybe Felicity, you'd have a little bit more of a pulse on that. Uh, uh, what do you think about, should you be able to share your successes or do you need to kind of keep it quiet or same thing with grades, I think as well. I remember when they would come out like at 1201 and everyone was in the classroom, like, should I open it or not? To, uh, what have you found there, Felicity? Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think this is, true all the time is that there's not really necessarily anything wrong with like sharing when you're successful um, or like to be to like celebrate things that are good for you um, but I think that something like to know about law school is that everything's graded on a curve everything is like kind of zero sum in the sense that like if you get an A it means that like somebody else had to get a C and like it's just because of that um, I think the like right move socially at least while you're all in the same building is to like just not 
really talk about it. Um, at least not in like, I don't mean that in like a, we should never talk about this. Um, and I think there's lots of people who um, maybe will talk to their, talk to people about the recruit when they're looking for support. Um, but I don't think it's the, the best move to like go and wave a flag and be like, look at me, I got the best job in the world. I'm so great. Cause like, why do you need to, are, are you so insecure that you need everyone to know that? Like you got your good job, just enjoy that. Um, and everyone will know when you're working there. Um, and I think it's just, I think, I guess what I'm saying is that it's maybe, um, I think it's important to be sensitive to like what other people are feeling and going through and that like other people are maybe not, like maybe didn't just have some success. And so that's going to be harder for them. Um, and that you're not getting any benefit from bragging. And so like, I guess like what I'm saying, I, I guess there's not, it's a quite a cost and not a lot of benefit. Um, and so I think it's, and I've noticed it more. I totally agree. I've been on LinkedIn and I've seen so many people being like, I landed this great job. And I just think maybe like you forget about other people's feelings when you're not like constantly in the same room as them. Um, but I think just in general, we could all do a little better at like thinking about how our actions <laughs> impact the people around us and like just interrogate. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with celebrating your successes, but I don't think you need to do it in a way that makes other people feel bad. I can't really add much other than that. To Felicity and I just did a podcast this week where we had a guest talking about the OCIs. And I, I said at the time, oh, I've just learned a lot that I had no idea. Again, students don't realize faculty have zero idea of the most, most faculty have zero idea of what goes on in the, the job market. We're, and, and that's not a good thing, actually. I, I think I said in, the, in our podcast that it, we really should know a little bit more about what goes on because it's a huge, huge thing for students. You know? Faculty sometimes are so in, immersed in academia and thinking about that side of the law and yet you know, 95% of students are there to become lawyers. And I think we need to be a bit more aware uh, of that. That's not to say, so Osgood has institutional structures in place to help students, but it, they're not faculty typically, right? Yeah, I was. I should uh, tell all my class of 2009 there, you know, someone had to take the C's for you so you can get your B's and, and uh, it goes the other way too, I suppose. But uh, um, now I think you, you mentioned about a moot. Was that done virtually as well there, Felicity? It, this year it was, yeah. So I actually, I mooted both in second and third year. Um, and the moot was a, the last fun thing that I did before COVID. <laughs> And, and it was, like was coaching, the last right? week of February last year. Yeah, <laughs> and I, then this I, coached, was virtual. I coached this year. I didn't coach last. Didn't so coach what last. was that like? Because I mean, I have the, we've, I know there, there was the Osgood Cup that um, my students participated. I think there's a Lions Cup and stuff coming up for undergraduate and college students. But uh, anything you could share from that experience on, on, on your side, on both of your sides there from coaching or from participating about doing it virtually, remotely, uh, what did you find? Let, let's start with you, Felicity. Sure, yeah. Um, I guess like law school, I, I enjoyed it less um, than I did in person. Um, but I think, I mean, it's still so much fun. You learn so much. It's like the most in-depth you'll ever get on an issue, like in practice or in school. You're never going to look at any one thing uh, like that. And I would definitely recommend doing it. Um, and I think there's benefit in doing it online because I think this forum is here to stay in one way or another. Um, so as much as I begrudgingly got through it, uh, I, I think it was for the best. Yeah, I, I would echo that. It's it's bound to be part and parcel now of practicing law, I think. You know, Zoom will be used now for efficiency purposes. And so in a way, Felicity and her 
generation are going to be at the forefront of that because it is different. It's a very different form of advocacy. And it's interesting. So as a coach, first of all, I'd never coached before, so I didn't really know what I was doing. But but to hear, you know, it's funny how the comments from we did a lot of practice moots with with either lawyers or professors or judges a couple of times. And the commentary is hilarious because it's all based on or old-fashioned advocacy, you know. Oh, you, you know, you guys were great. You really know your stuff, but you have to develop a rapport with the judge. You have to engage them in a conversation. And I'm thinking, that's not very easy to do by Zoom. It's impossible, almost, to do by Zoom. And yet, of course, that what that when you're in person, that's what you want. You want a kind of warm, kind of conversational style. It's much, much harder to do by Zoom. Now, eventually that may change, but we're all still just learning this process, I think. Uh, and I'd love to see some of those lawyers on Zoom because I just don't think they would be any any better than my students were. Yeah, everyone's a critic. <laughs> the, other, the only other thing I'd say as a coach is it is amazing to me as how much the students put into this and it's true, they get out, they get so much out of it. It, it really is like, uh, you know, it's it's like a very very intense course on one particular problem. So you learn so much about that, and those skills are translatable down the road. So I know Felicity's a big fan of the moots. <laughs> Perfect. So thank you both so much for joining today. Like I said at the outset, an hour flies by, and look at it at the start. You're like, oh, how's it going to go for an hour? But flies by. There's so much. You know, I, I know. So Osgood is is constantly changing there with with the pandemic and obviously just over ten years. But there are a few things that from from talking with both of you that I, I think are still uh, in place today as they were in two thousand six when I first started there at Osgood. And I was wondering maybe if you can give uh, well we'll start with you Felicity any words of advice uh, for my students who may be thinking about going to law school maybe they'd be thinking about going to Osgood um, or just thinking about getting uh, through remote learning for now I think some of them have a year almost to go but uh, uh, anything uh, that you can share with them and then uh, um, Professor Haig anything from your perspective there from teaching and getting into the profession and starting uh, your careers in law. I'm so glad to be starting because I like to make Richard end us off. <laughs> I think uh, this is something that I think applies it's the one piece of advice that I would give through to anyone going into law school um, or legal profession, or I guess any professional degree maybe, is that everything always feels like it is the end of the world. Um, like at every stage of law school, like writing the LSAT, choosing a law school, your first exams, getting a job, everything feels like everything has been leading up to this moment and that this is the most important thing you will ever do. And I think it's helpful to just remember that none of this is the most important thing you'll ever do. And it's always okay there's like so many people around you who are like willing to support you there's it's okay to mess some things up and to just constantly remind yourself that like this is not the fire that I think it is <laughs> and I can I can put this one out <laughs> my turn uh so I every every year that we we always get students at Osgood who've been who are paralegals uh and a JP I'm sure you're 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 the part of the reason for that maybe you encourage them to go on uh and ultimately, I think they all are, they all succeed quite well. I will say there's one little bit of advice I have for all of them though, at starting. 
and I'm almost going to be contradictory because I, I often say to people, don't forget where you came from when you get to law school. Everybody has got some experience. A lot of people have undergraduate degrees or you know other degrees. That's who you are and don't leave that at the door when you come to law school. Keep that with you and you remain true to yourself. The, the one, I don't want to sound contradictory, but the, the one exception, if there is one, is paralegals because they think they know law having gone through it, but law school is not the same as practicing law. And paralegals is actually much more closer to practicing law than law school is. So it always takes them, I think, a little longer to kind of get up to speed and to realize that this is not what we, this is not at all what we were taught in, you know, in our paralegal program. It's, it's more of an academic discipline and there's some aspects of that are quite different. So, you know, as I say, ultimately they all figure it out, but it's, it's as if they, yeah, it's just, a, it's a little longer in coming. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, JP. But. You know too much. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting because I, 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 every time I have either students or recent graduates, they, um, we, or even people who graduate around my time is that we think, well, you know, we don't learn so like I had a, you know, a partner at Airden Burles basically say, Hey, I do contracts for a living. And I had this great, you know, experience learning contract law, but I don't think we ever looked at an actual contract ever period in the entire time I was in the program. And so maybe there, there to, to what you're saying there, maybe there is some need to, to get a little bit more practical, you know, even whether it's like running a practice, uh, uh, bookkeeping, right? I mean, some of those things that that you learn once you're practicing, but you, right. you you learn so much theory and excellent. You know, you learn how to write and you learn how to research and you know you learn the McGill guide and make sure that you know now they take the the, the dots there, the periods out. Uh, when when I was there, you had to have them in. Uh, but uh, you know, learn all these cool things and uh, you know the practical side sometimes uh, is is not uh, mentioned as much and and you learn that from from you know, or even how to connect with clients and 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 bring in business to your firm and all of that stuff right so maybe there there is a need there in, in in the future there to look to get a little bit more practical learning or whether it's through student organizations bringing stuff like that in or through doing things like mooting and and other extracurriculars maybe maybe it comes in that way but uh but thanks for that advice there thanks so much for the two of you for joining and uh i wish you both the, the best uh, felicity uh good luck in in i guess you're going to start uh, articles uh, in this pandemic, which is going to be another end of the world moment for you, I suppose, right? Is how do I get through this? And are they going to hire in this, uh, in this uh, climate and how things are going to go like that? But uh, I wish you all the best and, and uh, nice uh, to talk to you as well, uh, Professor Haig. And, and certainly, uh, I guess the, the classes uh, will be ending soon. But then, as you mentioned, the research and the writing is really the bulk of what it's like being a professor. People don't realize that. Uh, that's why they don't answer your you know, 100 emails there, I suppose. There. But, um, or maybe it's, it's, it's probably busier for you now remotely, I think, with, with emails than, than it was. In yes, the more emails than ever before. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. We'll have to have you on our podcast. Yeah, for sure. I love talking with you and, and certainly to reminisce back at, you know, what you no know, Osgood was like or was good as the, the joke there on, on law students. I don't know if it still might applies there today, but uh, uh, comparing and contrasting uh, uh, what it was like, and, and certainly it's very different with the pandemic, but uh, I'd love to, to share about my experience at Osgood and certainly maybe looking at even things like OCIs and, you know, it's not the end of the world if you don't get one, so... Um, find your, your own path afterwards. 10 years later, I had uh, someone yesterday, you know, we had 
you know, we would talk in the hall or, or whatever you know, 12 years ago. And I probably didn't really speak to him much, if anything, since then. And it was like just picking up uh, like yesterday. And yeah. I think that's that's the thing that you get from making those connections, whether they're through extracurriculars, through clubs, through pub nights, through events that I think it's yet you, you work a lot harder now with things remotely that than you would have to do before. Yeah. Thank you. All the best. Uh, take care. To do.